We greet you in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are so happy for those of you that have joined us, that have been with us, particularly in these last weeks, and your faithfulness. And you may be shut in wherever you are, but as we have often said and will continue to say, you are never shut out as long as God can get to you. So call a neighbor, call a friend, and let them know that there's a word from the Lord for them this morning. Special thanks to our worship and arts team, our media team, and others who've made it possible for us to continue this service. And certainly to all of those that are members of Bible Way, we miss you so much. To those of you that have joined us from other places and all over the world, we thank God for this privilege and this opportunity. Perhaps the one good thing uh, that has come out of this, and I know that there are more than just one, but a good thing that has come out of all of this is that it has reminded us that we can be interconnected. And it really doesn't matter if we're in New York or California or in Italy or in France. We can all worship God at the same time. And we thank God for just the privilege and the opportunity to do that. There's a word from the Lord this morning as we continue the series that we began on last week. The series is entitled God's Stimulus Package. God's Stimulus Package. This is the second message, second message in God's Stimulus Package. The text this morning is found in a very powerful Old Testament reference. The book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 20, and we're reading initially verse number 12. I love this chapter. I love this text. In fact, I try to preach at least once a year from this very text. It is so powerful. It is a text that has blessed me personally and blessed so many people uh, as they go through whatever they're going through to know that God has a word for you. The 12th verse of the 20th chapter of the book of Second Chronicles, and we're reading from the New Living Translation, verse number 12, the New Living Translation, and it reads, O our God, won't you stop them? Listen to this. We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. Lord, we are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. Listen to how the verse ends. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Lord, we do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of God's words. For the next few moments, we are going to speak from the subject in this second message of the series that is entitled God's Stimulus Package. We're speaking from the subject today, when your back is against the wall. When your back is against 
the wall. Listen, over the last several weeks, we have heard a lot about a stimulus package. We have seen it on the news. Many of you have talked about it. In fact, some of you have received your check. Others of you are waiting on your check. What is a stimulus package? A stimulus package uh, by governmental standards is an economic package uh, that is sent uh, and put together by a government in order to stimulate an economy in the midst of a crisis. Now the two key words in this definition to me are stimulate and crisis. To stimulate an economy in the midst of a crisis. The goal of a stimulus package is to increase demand through increased employment and consumer spending. It is to keep people working so that keep people can keep spending. And as they spend, the economy remains strong. Listen, it is an investment. Stimulus package is not something that you uh, pay as compensation. It is an investment. It is an investment to ensure that we will have an economic future. It is an investment to ensure that everything will not collapse. On March 27th of this year, uh, the president signed a $2 trillion economic stimulus package. In a couple weeks, they had to go back and amend that. Just on this past week, they went back and added another $458 billion to that. I saw a news report just this morning in between services in which someone says there needs to be another package that's larger and greater than the $2 trillion package. And it is all sent to invest in the economy so that when this pandemic is over, we will have an economy to go back to. The goal of the stimulus package is an investment, but the objective of the stimulus package is uh, to put energy, to put excitement, uh, to reinvigorate that economy. An economy, listen to this, whose back is against the wall. An economy that without some type of higher intervention will collapse. Why is this so important, Pastor? Because I'm going to make a spiritual parallel to what God is doing in our life. And so when the economy's back is against the wall and on the verge of collapsing, the government comes together. And the good thing about every stimulus package that I have ever seen, even the one after 9-11, or the one after the 2008 collapse of the stock market, or this one that we're dealing with now, is that all of them, on the greater part, have been bipartisan. Doesn't matter what political party you are from, 
we all come together and do what is best for the country. This stimulus package of March 27th is not a Republican initiative or a Democratic initiative or a White House initiative or a congressional initiative. It is a national initiative so that the whole nation uh, can survive a crisis. Now, here's what God said to me as I began to put this message together. He says, perhaps we all have at some point in our own lives had to deal with situations when our backs were against the wall. And listen, and we just did not know what to do. In which we were between a rock and a hard place. And we wondered if we could ever get out of this. And in fact, we concluded that without some type of intervention, we will not make it through this. Situations when we have exhausted every avenue we know, when we have done all we know to do, and listen, and the situation has not become any better, but it has become worse. Uh, Lord, we've done all we know how to do, but our backs are still against the wall. Uh, situations when we are not really okay, although we keep trying to convince ourselves and trying to convince others that we are okay. Situations when people ask you, they say, man, are you all right? Our initial response is to say, I'm okay, regardless of how we feel. But the truth of the matter is, there's some times in all of our lives in which deep down inside, we're not really okay. We're broken, we're hurt, we put the best on the outside because we don't want others to have to uh, share the burden that we are carrying. And we know when we are by ourselves in our private times, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you to make a way right now. I need you to intervene because if you don't intervene, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And your family, you tell them I'm okay. And, and others, you say that I'm okay. But God knows that your back is against the wall. God knows that he's got to show up and he's got to undergird you and put a foundation beneath you so that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against the enemy. God knows. God says to us, when our back is against the wall, I've got your back. I've got you. You don't have to worry about this. In fact, there are times in some people's lives, and you can understand why, why they may feel just like throwing their hands up, walking away in disgust, and say, Pastor, I just give up. I've had people say that to me. They said, Pastor, I just give up. I, I don't know how much more of this I can take. But here's what God says. And there are times in which I wonder, God, 
what am I going to say? What am I going to say to a young person who has a debilitating illness uh, that's crippling their bodies, that's limiting their mobility, that was vibrant and healthy, and now, a month or so later, here they are, Lord, depending on somebody else to help them around. There are people who say, Pastor, I don't understand this. I know that I've done what God has asked me to do, but yet I'm struggling with this. I'm reminded of Paul's dialogue with God. When Paul writes this very personal testimony and said, there was a thorn in my flesh and it aggravated me, it troubled me over and over and over again. And I went to God, not once, not twice, but I went to God three times and said, please deliver me from this agony. And God's response to Paul was, Paul, my grace is sufficient in your times of need. Sometimes God doesn't always give us what we expect, but God says, Paul, I know what you're going through, but I'm here to tell you my grace will help you go through this. So I say to those of you that are going through something right now. And perhaps you are on the verge of giving up. And because you're in your house, you're not in church, you don't have to put on an air. You don't have to fake it until you make it. You can walk around and say, Lord, Pastor Jackson is talking about me this morning. I'm wondering, how will my family survive? How will I survive? Lord, the enemy is telling me over and over again, you need to give up. But God has sent me here to send you this word. God says, before you think about giving up, you need to know this. Help is on the way. <laughs> you need to know that God's help is on the way. The psalmist says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. God says, don't give up. Hold your head up high. Help is on the way and it is coming by way of God's word. God says, I'll send help as I always have. Even before I send my provision, even before you see the miracle, God sends a word. God sends an encouraging word to us in the midst of what we are going through. God sends a word and say, if you hang in there a little while longer, everything is going to be all right. I stopped by to say emphatically to someone this morning that God's word is his stimulus package. God says, I don't have a small business loan for you. I don't have a $1,200 check in the mail, but I've got something with my name on it. I'll send you my word. And as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, God says, I'll be with you. I'll send you my word that says I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I'll send you my word that says God would never leave you nor forsake you. God's stimulus package is designed by God to lift our spirits and to encourage us and to empower us as we go through life's most difficult times. God says, I'm going to send you something that will help you get up in the morning with joy. <laughs> I'm going to send you something in your house by yourself saying, Lord, 
Is everything going to be all right? And God will send you something. You can have church by yourself. You can have church. My mother tells me she got saved on the porch, sweeping the porch by herself, thinking of the goodness of the Lord. And so God says, I'll bless you the most when nobody else is around you. Because see, sometimes when we get these corporate praises, we have a tendency of holding back. We have a tendency of wanting to add a little swag to our praise. We, we, we just want to lean the right way and dance the right way. But when you are in the house by yourself and tears streaming down your face, stuff running out of your nose, or your hair is a mess, you don't have on your fancy outfit. It's just you and God. You can lift those hands and the old song say, I need thee. Oh, I need thee every hour. Lord, I, oh, bless me now, thy Savior. Lord, I need, I found myself in the house uh, singing that song and downloading it on my iPhone. And, and God played back. And God said, Lord, I need you right now. And God reminds me that I'm right here with you every step of the way. So I stopped by to tell you that in the midst of your crisis, in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a cold, total emotional collapse that the enemy wants to bring to you, God tells the enemy, hold on. <laughs> I've got something that will prevent this. <laughs> uh, I heard some of the politicians from Washington say after they passed the bill, they said, Mag, they says, tell the country to hold on. Help is on the way. And folk rejoiced and folks started calling my phone. Senator Jackson, when am I going to get my check? You know when they're going to mail out. The, and I wanted to say so bad, that'll help you for 30 days. But when that money runs out, you need something that'll help you through what you are going through. And that's when God says, tell them what I have for you. And so we find in this text, God says, lift up 2 Chronicles chapter 20. As an example of God's stimulus package in a time of crisis. So I bade God and I began to get my Bible and I began to read through this. And, and quite honestly, I, I must confess, I couldn't get through it without having to stop and praise God. Because every verse I got to in Second Chronicles, God says, you know that's talking about you. And I had to stop and give God a praise. And I tried to get through it some more. And God says, you know that's for you. And I said, Lord, I can't serve this meal if I eat it all before I serve it. And God said, but this is one you can digest and serve. Because I send the word not just for the people, but this is for you. And such is the case with this text. In our text, go with me for a moment. Allow me to set it up so that you can have some context of what this actually text is about. In this text, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, King Jehoshaphat and the people of the southern kingdom of Judah were facing a tremendous challenge. Now, remember, the nation of Israel has now been divided. After the death of Solomon, who was the son of David, Solomon's son Rehoboam inherited the kingdom. But Rehoboam was not as spiritual as David or as wise as Solomon. 
And as a result, the kingdom split. And here's what God said. He says, the kingdom of Israel split just like most organizations split on the egos of its leaders. He said, it wasn't the people's fault that the kingdom split. The kingdom split because of the ego of its leaders. And Rehoboam would not adhere to the counsel of the wise. And as a result, the nation split. And Israel is now divided into two nations. It is the northern part which retained the name Israel. And then the southern kingdom, which represented David's tribes, was known as the southern kingdom of Judah. Just remember, this is noteworthy as we get into this message. Judah represented praisers. They were the southern kingdom. And so there were many kings that came through both the northern and the southern kingdom. Some were good, like King Hezekiah, and some were awful, like Jezebel and her awful husband. Uh, and so others led them to apostasy, which is backsliding, and others led them to revival. In the southern kingdom of Judah at this point was a righteous, godly king by the name of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was one that sought the Lord, that understood that his help comes from the Lord. And as it often is, when you do good, the enemy is not going to be pleased. It seems as if the enemy comes after the righteous more than the unrighteous. Jehoshaphat had not done anything wrong. In fact, he had done everything you would ask to do. He had not gone to just pick fights or wars with other nations, but he worshiped and he praised God and he built his kingdom from a spiritual foundation up. But as a result, the enemies were not pleased. They formed a coalition. The text tells us that three nations came together with the express purpose of invading Judah and destroying it as a nation. These three invading kingdoms, they are described in verse number two as, quote, a vast army. They represented a mighty force. I'm going somewhere because sometimes things can come up against us uh, out of nowhere and seems like your, your, your enemies join forces just to take you out. This vast army came up with the express purpose of we are going after King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah. But what they did not know is that if God be for you, who can be against you? Perhaps they thought Jehoshaphat was like every other king that they had battled, would wage his war on the battlefield. But Jehoshaphat was a different kind of leader. How King Jehoshaphat and how the people of Judah responded to this horrific crisis 
was inspiring and remarkable. It is something, and God says, it is something that we all should note, especially when we go through our crisis. And then God says, and perhaps especially as we go through this COVID-19 pandemic, God said, how you respond when your back is against the wall is seen in this sacred text of Second Chronicles chapter number 20. Let me share with you three things that King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah did that we all should take note of. Well, number one is this. First thing they did was that they came together to seek help from the Lord by fasting and praying. I'm here to tell you that there are some things that still only are achieved through fasting and prayer. Uh, they came together and they said, Lord, we've got to fast. We've got to pray. See, perhaps what is missing throughout crises in our lives is, listen to this, sincere, genuine, authentic prayer and fasting. Now, I'm not talking about those group fasts that you do at the beginning of the year, and I'm not talking about when you fast to lose weight and all of that stuff. I'm talking about when your back is against the wall and you don't know what to do, you turn your plate down, you get on your knees, and you take it to the Lord. First thing they did, they came together to seek help from the Lord by fasting and praying. And then the second thing they did is something that we all should also take note of. They confessed that they were powerless and they admitted that they did not know what to do. The Lord said, perhaps some of us, our ego gets in the way. And perhaps God would have delivered us sooner if we would have confessed that you cannot fix it. So many times we think that we are the source of our deliverance and we pray to God and then we get up and interfere with God's deliverance. But they did not do that. They, they weren't putting on any airs. Although he was king of a nation and he was leading people, uh, he became transparent. He said, I have no idea how to handle this. This is something unlike anything we have ever done before. We see what has happened when our leaders try to fake it. We see what happens when they get up and try to pretend they know stuff that they do not know. It makes a situation even worse. So Jehoshaphat did not want to say, I know this and I know that. He just said, listen, Lord, I am powerless against this vast army. And quite honestly, I and we as a nation do not know what to do. And God said to me that if we are honest with ourselves and in our prayer with the Lord, if we say, Lord, look, I don't know what to do. And people call me all the time and say, you are, you are a pastor. Give me an answer. And I say, I don't have an answer. I've made up my mind some time ago that I don't have fake theology. 
In other, when I don't know something, I will say I don't know it. And people ask me, can you explain this scripture? And some folk would try to come up with an explanation just to say they got one. And I prayed to the Lord. I said, Lord, put me in a position as a pastor to be able to say, I don't know. Let us pray about it. Let us seek guidance from the Lord. Jehoshaphat was that kind of leader. He says, Lord, I don't know what to do. Lord, we are powerless. We can't handle this by ourselves. When you come to the point that you take your hands off of it and let God step in, then God says, I'll make it right. And here's the third thing. The third thing that King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah did was that after they had a prayer and a fast, after they confessed that we are powerless and we don't know what to do, the third thing they did was to simply wait on an answer. <laughs> Ooh, they waited on it. God says, why, why ask me for deliverance if you're going to get up and try to fix it yourself? We've got to learn how to wait on an answer. One of the messages in this series is entitled, When We Wait. When, when, when we've done all we know how to do and we took it to the Lord and God says, just wait. Verse 13 of the text says, they stood there before the Lord. In other words, they, they, they went to God, they confessed that they could not handle it, and then they just stood there and waited on God. I am convinced that some of us have made our situations worse simply because we refuse to wait on the Lord. God may not come when we want him, but the church of old would say he's always on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. And if you trust him, and if you have faith, if you have faith enough to ask him, you ought to have faith enough to wait on him. To wait until God answers you. Wait until God sends the answer. And so this is how they respond. These three uh, ways they uh, went to the Lord and what Jehoshaphat did. But then the text uh, turns again and it turns now from what the people did to how God responded. God will respond. Remember I said they prayed, they fast, uh, they confessed we're powerless and then they waited on God. Well look what happened. Look how God responded to King Jehoshaphat, the people of Judah, during this time of crisis. God's initial response found in the text is what God always does. He sent his word. God raised up a prophetic voice among them, and God sent his word of encouragement. See, I, let me say this. Some of us miss the promise because we miss the word. And we miss the provision because we fail to recognize the promise. And God says, I'll send my word. My word precedes my provision. I'm, I'm going to do something, but I'm going to send it 
as a word. I'm my stimulus package is a word from me. It is a word to encourage you, a word to lift your spirits, to tell you that things are going to be all right. And so we find in verses 15, 16, and 17, in the text, God sends this word. He speaks through Jehazel. And earlier in verse 14, he identifies the credentials of Jehazel. We don't have to go there. But listen to what God says. In verse 6, verse 15, he sends this word and tells them to listen, all ye people of Judah and Jerusalem. I'm going to read this text, and then we're going to give you three takeaways from God's response. God tells them, listen, all ye people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle whew, is not yours, but God's. Then in verse 16, he says, tomorrow, march out against them. In other words, get up tomorrow and go out to meet them. Go, and he tells them where to go by the ascent of Ziz. He tells them where to go by the wilderness of Jeruel. He says, go there. That's where I want you to go because that's where the enemy is. And then verse 17, he says, but, listen, you will not even need to fight. Take your position. Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. And so God says, I responded as I always will with my word. What did your word say? The Lord, three key takeaways from God's response. Then we're going to show you what Jehoshaphat and the praisers, the young adult praisers and the chosen generation and the Judah praisers did. Well, the first takeaway is this. They were encouraged in verse 15 not to fear or to be discouraged. Let me tell you something. You will either have fear or faith, but you can't have both. <laughs> And God says, if you have faith, cannot have fear. If you walk in fear, you cannot have faith. In other words, faith and fear will not coexist. The, it, is not, uh, it is no coincidence that the first thing God says to them was, do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Because God knows that if I'm going to do something for you and through you, you cannot walk in fear. Some people right now are paralyzed by fear. You are wondering right now, I've had people say to me, I don't know what it's going to be like when we go back. I don't know what my job is going to look like. How is church going to be when we go back? And, 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 and I know some of that, I, I must confess, the enemy has had me go down that pathway and say, Lord, I'm afraid that, 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 that things are going to be difficult. And God says, I got this. 
<laughs> he says, where is your faith? Faith is the substance of that which is hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. God says, if you can see it, it's not faith. And God said, I'll work it out. You don't know what I may do. You don't know how soon I can turn it around. Uh, God, with the help of God, there can be a vaccine in a laboratory right now. And God said, even in the absence of a vaccine, I know how to protect. I know how to allow those to come with common sense. And I will work. And here's what I told God. I said, Lord, I've become so content. Now, here's what I told God. Paul says, I have learned to be content. I must confess, when this first started, I wasn't that content. I was antsy and worried, Lord, how is this going to work out? What are we going to do? My wife and I would talk. I would talk privately with family members and others. Uh, and, and although I, I, I projected publicly, oh, God's got this inside. Uh, my, my, my battle was going on inside. But then Paul, scripture came to mind, I have learned in all things to be content. And I said, Lord, I got it. And the Lord told me, you better go to bed. You better sleep good tonight. I've got this. This is outside of your control. He said, if I need you to participate, I know where to find you. But just know that I've got this. And I've told myself, if I've got to preach like this to this congregation virtually for the next 12 months, then God, you have your way. Because I'm going to do whatever you say do. I have decided that I'm walking in faith and not in fear. Why? Because look at the latter part of takeaway number one. God says, do not fear or be discouraged by this vast army. Uh, for the word said, for the battle is not yours, but God's. <laughs> and that did it. That did it. That did it. God says, this is my fight that I'm dealing with right now. And so we've got to not be discouraged. There, there will be things that will come our way that will discourage us. And the enemy says, how are you going to make it? In fact, someone called me just on last week and, and they saw some things that were going on politically. And, and a friend of mine called me very emotional, upset. And he said, man, I'm ready to fight with you right now. He said, just tell me who to go to. What, what do I need to do? What, what do I need to do? And I had just read the scripture and I said, stand there and wait on God. Because when you walk in faith and not in fear, you know that somehow God will turn something that was meant to hurt you and allow it to bless you. Woo, I feel like preaching this right now. God says, don't you be afraid. Don't you be discouraged. Hold your head up high. I've got this. And then the second thing. Woo, the second thing the Lord did is found in verse 16. Second takeaway is this. The Lord instructed King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah to go face this mighty force that was coming to destroy them. In other words, God says, don't run away. 
run to it. I said, wait a minute, Lord, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. What do what you say? Look at what God tells them in verse 16 of the text. God says again, tomorrow, march out against them. In other words, tomorrow, you get up and you go towards your enemy. You march towards them. I said, Lord, why? God says, not to fight but to show them how I'm going to fight on your behalf. And I said, I got you, Lord. He says, don't you run away? Don't you drop your head? Don't you walk around as if uh, you lost the battle? God says, you wake up in the morning, uh, Jehoshaphat, people of Judah, and you find out where the enemy is. In fact, I'll tell you where they are. God gave them the location of the enemy. And God said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go where they are. I know you are outmanned. I know that they are more than you. But if God be for you, whoo, if God be for you, who can be against you? Go face your enemy. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. God says, now get up. Number one, don't be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And I want you, number two, to go face the problem. Go face the situation. Why? Because the enemy needs to know that you're not walking in fear, but you're walking in faith. And then, thank you, Lord. And then, thank you, Lord. And then, thank you, Lord. We get to verse number 17. And the Lord says, when you go out there and you march towards the enemy, this is what I want you to do. When you get there, I just want you to stand still. I want you to stand firm. I am not sending you to face your enemy so that you can fight them. I'm sending you to face them so that they will know that you are not afraid. When you get there, Stand still, stand firm, and see the Lord deliver you. Somebody, somewhere, right now, God says, watch God deliver you. I don't know what you're going through, but I stopped by to tell you, if you stand still and trust God, God will deliver you. But here's what God went on to say to them in verse 17. Look at what the verse says. He says, but you will not even need to fight. Ooh, God says you don't need to fight. Why? You, I am not sending you to face your enemies so that you can show them how mighty you are in battle. I'm sending you there to stand still. Take your position. Stand still and watch the Lord's victory. <laughs> Did you catch it? He has declared victory even before the enemy is destroyed. Look at this again. He declared victory before the enemy was wiped out. And then he said, I just want you to make sure you understand whose victory it is. I, 
I don't want you to think this is Jehoshaphat's victory. This is not Judah's victory. But go and stand firm and watch the Lord's victory. Somebody, wherever you are, in your house, walking around in your yard, throw your hands up and say, God's got this. Say, God's got this. This belongs to God. Then verse 17, he says, for he is with you. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, once again, don't be afraid or discouraged. You don't have to fight for the battle is not yours, but the Lord. I've come to realize that, Lord, you will fight my battles. Let me warn anybody that comes up against the people of God. You are not fighting flesh and blood. You are fighting against God's army. God says, I've got this. If they come out against you, they come out against me. And I know what to do. Somebody right now, no matter what you're going through, clap those hands and tell yourself God's got it. Tell yourself God's got it. Somebody ought to give God your best praise. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Now, let me tell you what the Lord did. Come on, Brother Pop, let me tell you what the Lord did. The Lord said, I got this. The Lord said, I got this. Here's what the Lord did. The Lord said, Jehoshaphat, and I'll take it from here and here's what God did God told Jehoshaphat get me the best praisers get me your greatest worshipers get me folk that don't mind praising me on the front line can I get a witness you need some people in your life that'll go with you that don't mind praising God on the front line you need to surround yourself with people that are praise God on the front line I learned last week that I needed some folk in my life that are praise God on the front line you don't have to fight with me but I do need you to praise God I do need you to praise God. I do need you to take your greatest praises. Get your greatest praises. Can I show you something? Come on, young people. Come on, young people. We're going to do this and try to socially distance ourselves. So here is the man of God. Jehoshaphat was standing here. He didn't even have to lead it. But here's what God did. God said, get me a praiser. Get me a praiser. Get me a worshiper. Find me another worshiper. Find me another worshiper. Chantal, find me another worshiper. Gerard, find me a worshiper. And here's what I want to do. When the worshipers, when the worshipers, 
God said, Darrow, the praise will cover you. The praise will cover you. When the worshipers begin to praise God, y'all praise him. Y'all praise him. Come on, young people, and praise him. Come on it. Come on. Come on. Come on. God says, I got this. I got this. I got this. When the worshipers began to march and sing, y'all come on and walk around and throw those hands up. Lift your hands and say, come! 
cover me, Lord. Say, cover me, Lord. Cover me, Lord. Woo! how this blessed me God showed me this text God says Jehoshaphat never had to defend himself he never even had to fight because God took the greatest worshipers and the greatest praises and he says send them before you Jehoshaphat and when the enemy sees you're covered by God's praise enemy turned on themselves and the Bible says and the enemy ambushed they were ambushed by God and they began to fight one another here's what the text says here's what the text says and all of them died they they destroyed each other. But I'm going to show you something in verse 25. As we prepare for this altar, Jehoshaphat and Judah, the praisers, looked over at the enemy in the valley and he saw that they all were dead. And here's what God said in verse 25. King Jehoshaphat and his men were sent by God to go and gather up whew, the enemy's stuff. Look at this. They had so much stuff. Look at what the text says. The New Living Translation say they found a vast amount of equipment, clothing, and other valuables more than they could carry there was so much stuff that it took them three days to gather it all up 
Thank you, Lord. Don't you mess with the people of God. I'm here to say that no weapon formed against God's people will prosper. And all they had to do was to stand still and watch God fight their battle. Right now, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, God says praise will cover you. And all you've got to do is stand still. When you don't know what to do, stand. When it seems like you can't come through, God says just stand. Pastor Donnie McClurkin writes the words to this song. What do you do when you've done all you can? And it seems like it's never enough. What do you do when your friends turn away and you're all alone? What do you give when you've given all you had? And it seems like you can't make it through. Here's the answer. Stand. When there's nothing left to do. I'm speaking to someone now. God says stand. The Lord will see you through. After you've done all you can. Stand. Come on, chosen generation. Tell us. Tell me what do you do when you've done all you can and thank you. Seems like it's never enough. Make it through. 
says I'll take it from here <laughs> you've done all you can do <laughs> you've lived godly before me <laughs> you've done King Jehoshaphat <laughs> what I've asked you to do <laughs> and now this force that's against you <laughs> they really aren't against you it is attack against the kingdom <laughs> God says, stand still and see me deliver you. And I don't know what you're going through right now. Whatever it is, whatever your situation is, I'm hearing God says, you don't have to fight this fight. 
when your back is against the wall praise will cover you God says if you praise me and I'll raise up praisers in your life and I'll send people to your rescue that will praise me for you on the front line I don't know about you, but I, I've had, I've been disappointed by people who are with me, but not on the front line. And God says, I raise up people in your life that will go on the record and say, I'm with you. God's got this. And no matter what you're going through right now, God says, I got you. I'll cover you. Because when our backs are against the wall, in fact, that's when God operates the best. When we throw our hands up and says, Lord, I am powerless. I can't handle this. God says, you don't have to. I want you to face your enemy. Not so you can fight them. I just want them to see you praise me despite all that's going on in your life. And when the praisers praise God, verse 23 is so powerful. It is so powerful. It leaves no error for interpretation. It says, for the people of Israel... When, when, when they turned against each other, verse 22 says, and when they praised God, I want to show you verse 22 says, and now when they began to sing and praise the Lord, that is when the Lord ambushed their enemies. God says, when you forget about you and you still praise me despite what you're going through, I'll ambush your enemy. I'll make them turn on each other. And so I say to someone now, wherever you are, you may not be in this state, you may not be in this country, and you're going through some difficult things in your life. God says, I've got your back. When your back is against the wall, I've got you. I showed you the illustration with these young people that went before me as the praises went before King Jehoshaphat in other words God says uh, the king was covered by the praises they didn't even have to fight <laughs> all he had to do was send the praises out God says uh, there's some praise that's going to cover you and so I need you to touch and agree with me right now close those eyes and let us, let us set aside this sacred moment to tell the Lord, I can't handle this. You can't do it on your own. But God is with you every step of the way. Here's the number on the screen. I need you to pick up that phone and call right now. 888 776 one two three eight I need you to dial that number right now because we've got some
people that are going to cover you with the praise of God, with the word of God. God's stimulus package is a word from the Lord. You don't have to do this on your own. In fact, it's best when you admit that you cannot handle this and watch God make a way just for you. Close those eyes if you can. Lift those hands wherever you are. We're going to virtually touch and agree. We don't have to physically do it anymore. We can virtually do it. Picture yourself at the altar. Picture yourself standing before the Lord. Bring the Lord whatever your needs are. Watch God make a way. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We thank you for this second message in this series that's entitled God's Stimulus Package. Thank you, Lord, for when our backs are against the wall, when we are going through a crisis, you send your word to stimulate us, to inspire us, to motivate us, to lift up our heads. Thank you, Lord. Your word is an investment <laughs> in our future. <laughs> You're doing this because you know that you are going to use us somehow, somewhere in the future to do something good for the kingdom of God. And we say thank you. Touch that young man that's on the couch with his head in his hand. Touch that young lady right now. Touch that grandmother, that father, that mother that's wondering, Lord, will my family ever come together? Touch someone who perhaps has buried a loved one. I pray for the family that's lost a mother and a father, a pastor and a first lady. I pray for those young ladies that are members of Bible Way that we got a call just yesterday, been diagnosed positive with COVID-19. Lord, I pray for the family of that young lady who's on that life support right now at Richland Memorial Hospital fighting for her life. God, in the midst of all of this, we know what you're able to do. And Lord, if you choose, as you have done, to take them home, then we are reminded of what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we know that when this earthly house whoo, of this temporary dwelling place is dissolved, we've got a building of God, a house not made by hand. Now, Lord, I want to do something. I pray for every enemy. I pray for all of my enemies, Lord. I pray for every hater. I pray for the haters of the ministry. I pray for those who think by stabbing somebody else in the back, it validates them, Lord. Touch them right now. Let them know that we're not sending vengeance, but we're sending grace and mercy. Touch their hearts. 
let them know that you can turn their lives around i pray against bitterness right now lord have your way do it right now lord in fact it is already done it is already done lord and we thank you in advance it's in jesus name we pray Ooh. and lord we say after we've done want to give your life to the Lord if you want to join a ministry you're not a part of a ministry certainly if you are we want you to continue to support your ministry but if you are just out there wandering and have no spiritual covering call us you don't have to be where we are geographically to touch and agree spiritually amen we want to cover you we want to be your prayer partners. Amen. Just know that God has not forgotten about you. And in the midst of this, remember God's got a promise with your name on it. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for your faithfulness in sowing, your tithing and offerings. Some of you have even come by the church just to drop it off, put it in the mail. Thank you. Because the kingdom work still goes on. I thank God for giving us an opportunity to work with children and seniors and others to help those that are in need right now. Our lines are open every day of the week. Every day of the week, we are providing resources for somebody in need. And we say thank you for your generosity. Join us on Tuesday night. As we continue this series, The Promises of God During a Time of Crisis. This is promise number five. God will restore us. God says, and after the locust and the canker worm and all of that, I will restore unto you the years that the enemy has taken away. We thank you for being a part. Share this message. Share it on social media. Download it again share it to others let me tell you this pandemic has done one thing is to teach all of us that ministry is not selfish it's about a kingdom universal principle and it's not about this church versus any other church we are all in this together amen and we thank god for it let us pray for the benediction stay tuned for the announcements at the end Join us again on Tuesday. Thank God for these anointed singers and musicians, video, media team. So appreciative to all of you who come out. Amen. You come out to when others uh, are in so that the word can get to people all over the world. We ask God to cover them and to bless them in a special way. Now may the grace of God sweet blessings of his Holy Spirit rest rule and abide with us all now tomorrow and forevermore 
wherever you are, whatever you're going through, say amen. Amen. God bless you. thank everyone for tuning into our service. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, please share. For more information and for additional announcements, please be sure to visit our website at bwcar.org. We'd like to thank you for your continued support to the ministry of Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Here are the following ways that you can give. Online through My Connections via our website, bwcar.org. By texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. Recurring through automatic draft through your bank account or My Connections. You can also send a check via mail to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, Accounts Receivable, P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Thank you for joining us today. We miss your beautiful faces. Please stay encouraged, stay connected, and stay with God. Again, thank you so much for being a part of this services. Please share this with your family, friends, neighbors, co-workers. And remember, although you may be shut in, you're never shut out. If you need prayer, if you need someone to talk to, you can always reach us here. It is our privilege to serve you during these times. Thank you again and join us next time here at Bible Way. God bless you. God bless you.